0: Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert and this is Fairy Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So, close your eyes, take a deep breath, settle in, and get ready for tonight's story, The Glass Dog, from the book American Fairy Tales, written by L. Frank Baum, the author of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, one of my absolute favorites. Lyman Frank Baum was born May 15, 1856, and died in 1919. He was an American author, obviously best known for The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and its sequels, but you might not know that he wrote 14 novels in the Oz series, plus 41 other novels not including four lost or unpublished or unable to be found, that who knows where they are. Plus, 83 short stories, over 200 poems, and at least 42 scripts. I mean, imagine that. He made numerous attempts to bring his works to the stage and to the screen, and the 1939 adaptation of the first Oz book became a landmark of 20th century cinema. He was born and raised in upstate New York and then moved west after an unsuccessful stint as a theater producer and playwright. And then he and his wife opened up a store in South Dakota where he edited and published a newspaper. Then they moved to Chicago where he worked as a newspaper reporter and published children's literature, coming out with the first Oz book in 1900. While continuing his writing among his final projects, he sought to establish a movie studio focused on children's films. In Los Angeles, California. But you might not know, unless you've read all of his works, which I have not even, his works anticipated a lot of things like television, augmented reality, laptop computers, wireless telephones, women in high risk and action heavy occupations, and the ubiquity of clothes in advertising from a variety of different stories, one of which is Tick-Tock of Oz. Hmm, maybe he predicted that too. American Fairy Tales is the title of a collection of 12 fantasy stories by L. Frank Baum, published in 1901. And the stories, I guess the critics didn't really enjoy them as much because they lacked the high fantasy aspect of The Wizard of Oz and other of his works, with ironic or nonsensical morals attached to the end of the story, which you'll hear when we get there. Their tone is satirical, it's glib, it's tongue-in-cheek, which is not usual for children's stories. The serialization in newspapers for adult readers, though, was appropriate for the materials. With that said, get ready for the story of the Glass Dog. An accomplished wizard once lived on the top floor of a tenement house and passed his time in thoughtful study and studious thought. What he did not know about wizardry was hardly worth knowing, for he possessed all the books and recipes of all the wizards who had lived before him, and moreover, he had invented several wizardments himself. This admirable person would have been completely happy but for the numerous interruptions to his studies caused by folk who came to consult him about their troubles, in which he was not interested, and by the loud knocks of the Iceman, the Milkman, the Baker's Boy, the Laundryman, and the Peanut Woman. He never dealt with any of these people, but they rapped at his door every day to see about this story that or to try and sell him their wares. Just when he was most deeply interested in his books or engaged in watching the bubbling of a cauldron, there would come a knock at his door. And after sending the intruder away, he always found he had lost his train of thought or ruined his bubbling compound. At length, these interruptions aroused his anger, and he decided he must have a dog to keep people away from his door. He did not know where to find a dog, but in the next room lived a poor glassblower, with whom he had a slight acquaintance. So he went into the man's apartment and asked, Where can I find a dog? What sort of dog? inquired the blower. A good dog. One that will bark at people and drive them away. One that will be no trouble to keep and won't expect to be fed. One that has no fleas and is neat in his habits. One that will obey me when I speak to him. In short, a good dog, said the wizard. Such a good dog is hard to find returned the glass blower, who was busy making a blue glass flower pot with a pink glass rosebush in it, having green glass leaves and yellow glass roses. The wizard watched him thoughtfully. Why cannot you blow me a dog out of glass? he asked presently. I can, declared the glass blower, but it would not bark at people, you know. Oh, I'll fix that easily enough, replied the other. If I could not make a glass dog bark, I would be a mighty poor wizard. Very well. If you can use a glass dog, I'll be pleased to blow one for you, only you must pay for my work. Certainly, agreed the wizard, but I have none of that horrid stuff you call money. You must take some of my wares in exchange. The glass blower considered the matter for a moment and said... Could you give me something to cure my rheumatism? Oh, yes, easily. Then it's a bargain. I'll start the dog at once. What color of glass shall I use? Pink is a pretty color, said the wizard, and it's unusual for a dog, isn't it? Very, answered the glass blower, but it shall be pink. So the wizard went back to his studies and the glass blower began to make the dog. The next morning, he entered the wizard's room with the glass dog under his arm and set it carefully upon the table. It was a beautiful pink in color with a fine coat of spun glass, and about its neck was twisted a blue glass ribbon. Its eyes were specks of black glass and sparkled intelligently, as do many of the glass eyes worn by men. The wizard expressed himself pleased with the glassblower's skill and at once handed him a small vial. This will cure your rheumatism, he said. But the vial is empty, protested the glassblower. Oh no, there is one drop of liquid in it, was the wizard's reply. Will one drop cure my rheumatism? inquired the glassblower in wonder. Most certainly, that is a marvelous remedy the one drop contained in the vial will cure instantly any kind of disease ever known to humanity. Therefore, it is especially good for rheumatism. But guard it well, for it is the only drop of its kind in the world, and, um, I've forgotten the recipe. Thank you, said the glass blower, and went back to his room. Then the wizard cast a whizzy spell and mumbled several very learned words in the wizardee's language over the glass dog, whereupon the little animal first wagged its tail from side to side, then winked his left eye knowingly, and at last began barking in a most frightful manner, that is, when you stop to consider the noise came from a pink glass dog. There is something almost astonishing in the magic arts of wizards, unless, of course, you know how to do the things yourself when you are not expected to be surprised at them. The wizard was as delighted as a school teacher at the success of his spell, although he was not astonished. Immediately, he placed the dog outside his door, where it would bark at anyone who dared knock and so disturb the studies of its master. The glassblower, on returning to his room, decided not to use the one drop of wizard cure-all just then. My rheumatism is better today, he reflected, and "Eh, I will be wise to save the medicine for a time when I am very ill, when it will be of more service to me. So he placed the vial in his cupboard and went to work blowing more roses out of glass. Presently, he happened to think the medicine might not keep, so he started to ask the wizard about it. But when he reached the door, the glass dog barked so fiercely that he dared not knock and returned in great haste to his own room. Indeed, the poor man was quite upset at so unfriendly a reception from the dog he had himself so carefully and skillfully made. The next morning, as he read his newspaper, he noticed an article stating that the beautiful Miss Midas, the richest young lady in town, was very ill, and the doctor's had given up hope of her recovery. The glassblower, although miserably poor, hard-working and homely of feature, was a man of ideas. He suddenly recollected his precious medicine and determined to use it to better advantage than relieving his own ills. He dressed himself in his best clothes, brushed his hair and combed his whiskers, washed his hands and tied his necktie blackened his shoes and sponged his vest, and then put the vial of magic cure-all in his pocket. Next, he locked his door, went downstairs, and walked through the streets to the grand mansion where the wealthy Miss Midas resided. The butler opened the door and said, "'No soap, no vegetables, no hair oil, no books, no baking powder. My young lady is dying, and we are well supplied for the funeral.' The glassblower was grieved at being taken for a peddler. "'My friend,' he began proudly, but the butler interrupted him, saying, "'No tombstones either. There's a family graveyard and the monument's built.' "'The graveyard won't be needed if you will permit me to speak,' said the glassblower. "'No doctor, sir. They've given up on my young lady, and she's given up the doctors,' continued the butler calmly. "'I am no doctor,' returned the glassblower." "'Nor are the others. "'But what is your errand?' "'I called to cure your young lady "'by means of a magical compound.' "'Step in, please, and take a seat in the hall. "'I'll speak to the housekeeper,' "'said the butler more politely. "'So he spoke to the housekeeper, "'and the housekeeper mentioned the matter to the steward, "'and the steward consulted the chef, "'and the chef kissed the lady's maid "'and sent her to see the stranger. "'Thus Are the very wealthy hedged around with ceremony, even when dying. When the lady's maid heard from the glassblower that he had a medicine which would cure her mistress, she said, "'I'm glad you came.' "'But,' he said, "'if I restore your mistress to health, she must marry me. "'I'll make inquiries and see if she's willing,' answered the maid and went at once to consult Miss Midas. The young lady did not hesitate an instant." I'd marry any old thing rather than die, she cried. Bring him here at once. So the glassblower came, poured the magic drop into a little water, gave it to the patient, and the next minute Miss Midas was as well as she had ever been in her life. Dear me, she exclaimed. I have an engagement at the fritter's reception tonight. Bring my pearl-colored silk, Marie, and I will begin my toilette at once. And don't forget to cancel the order for the funeral flowers and your mourning gown. But Miss Midas, the glassblower said, who stood by, you promised to marry me if I cured you. I know, said the young lady, but we we have time to make proper announcements in the society papers and have the wedding cards engraved. Call tomorrow, and we will talk it over. The glassblower had not impressed her favorably as a husband, and she was glad to find an excuse for getting rid of him for a time, and she did not want to miss the fritter's reception. Yet, The man went home filled with joy, for he thought his stratagem had succeeded and he was about to marry a rich wife who would keep him in luxury forever afterward. The first thing he did on reaching his room was to smash his glass-blowing tools and throw them out the window. Then he sat down to figure out ways of spending his wife's money. The following day, he called upon Miss Midas, who was reading a novel and eating chocolate creams as happily as if she'd never been ill in her life. "'Where did you get the magic compound that cured me?' she asked. "'From a learned wizard,' said he, and then, thinking it would interest her, he told her how he had made the glass dog for the wizard, and how it barked and kept everybody from bothering him. "'How delightful,' she said. "'I have always wanted a glass dog.' that could bark but there's only one in the world he answered and it belongs to the wizard you must buy it for me said the lady the wizard cares nothing for money replied the glass blower then you must steal it for me she retorted i can never live happily another day unless i have a glass dog that can bark the glassblower was much distressed at this, but he said he would see what he could do, for a man should always try to please his wife, and Miss Midas has promised to marry him within a week. On his way home, he purchased a heavy sack, and when he passed the wizard's door and the pink glass dog ran out to bark at him, he threw the sack over the dog, tied the opening with a piece of twine, and carried him away to his own room. The next day, he sent the sack by a messenger boy to Miss Midas with his compliments, and later in the afternoon he called upon her in person, feeling quite sure he would be received with gratitude for stealing the dog she so greatly desired. But when he came to the door and the butler opened it, what was his amazement to see the glass dog rush out and begin barking at him furiously. Call off your dog! he shouted in terror. "'I can't, sir,' answered the butler. "'My young lady has ordered the glass dog to bark whenever you call here. "'You'd better look out, sir,' he added, "'for if he bites you, you may have glassophobia.' "'This so frightened the poor glassblower that he went away hurriedly. "'But he stopped at a drugstore and put his last dime in the telephone box "'so he could talk to Miss Midas without being bitten by the dog. "'Give me Pelf 6742,' he called.' "'Hello, what is it?' said a voice. "'I want to speak with Miss Midas,' said the glassblower. Presently, a sweet voice said, "'This is Miss Midas. What is it?' "'Why, you have treated me so cruelly and set the glass dog on me,' asked the poor fellow. "'Well, to tell the truth,' said the lady, "'I don't like your looks. "'Your cheeks are pale and baggy. "'Your hair is coarse and long. "'Your eyes are small and red, and your hands are big and rough, and—' You are bow-legged. But I can't help my looks, pleaded the glassblower, and you, you really promised to marry me. If you were better looking, I'd keep my promise, she returned, but under the circumstances you are no fit mate for me, and unless you keep away from my mansion, I shall set my glass dog on you. Then she dropped the phone and would have nothing more to say. The miserable glassblower went home with a heart bursting with disappointment and began tying a rope to the bedpost by which to hang himself. Someone knocked on the door and upon opening it, he saw the wizard. I've lost my dog, he announced. Have you indeed, replied the glassblower, tying a knot in the rope. Yes, someone has stolen him. Well, that's too bad, declared the glassblower indifferently. You must make me another said the wizard but uh, I cannot I've thrown away all my tools well then what should I do asked the wizard I do not know unless you offer a reward for the dog but I have no money said the wizard offer some of your compounds then suggested the glass blower who was making a noose in the rope for his head to go through the only thing I can spare replied the wizard thoughtfully is a beauty powder "'What?' cried the glassblower, throwing down the rope. "'Have you really such a thing?' "'Yes, indeed. Whoever takes the powder will become the most beautiful person in the world.' "'If you will offer that as a reward,' said the glassblower eagerly, "'I'll try and find the dog for you, but above everything else, I long to be beautiful.' "'But I warn you, the beauty will only be skin deep,' said the wizard. "'That's all right.' replied the happy glassblower. When I lose my skin, I shan't care to remain beautiful. Then tell me where to find my dog, and you shall have the powder, promised the wizard. So the glassblower went out and pretended to search, and by and by, he returned and said, I've discovered the dog. You will find him in the mansion of Miss Midas. The wizard went at once to see if this were true, and sure enough, The glass dog ran out and began barking at him. Then the wizard spread out his hands and chanted a magic spell which set the dog fast asleep. When he picked him up and carried him to his own room on the top floor of the tenement house. Afterward, he carried the beauty powder to the glass blower as a reward, and the fellow immediately swallowed it and became the most beautiful man in the world the next time he called upon Miss Midas, there was no dog to bark at him, and when the young lady saw him, she fell in love with his beauty at once. If only you were a count or a prince, she sighed. I'd willingly marry you. But I am a prince, he answered, the prince of dog blowers. Ah, she said, then if you're willing to accept an allowance of four dollars a week, I'll order the wedding cards engraved. The man hesitated, but when he thought of the rope hanging from his bedpost, he consented to the terms. So they were married, and the bride was very jealous of her husband's beauty and led him a dog's life. So he managed to get into debt and made her miserable in turn. As for the glass dog, the wizard set him barking again by means of his wizardness and put him outside his door. I suppose he is there yet, and I am rather sorry, for I should like to consult the wizard about the moral to this story. In the end, I hope you enjoyed the story of the glass dog, maybe one you've never heard or heard of before by L. Frank Baum. Always a wizard, right? I hope this story made you very, very sleepy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and all the comments. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Keep an ear out for next week's story from the book The Other Side of the Sun, Fairy Stories by Evelyn Sharp, The Weird Witch of the Willow Herb. I'm Ashley Lambert, and this is Fairy Sleepy. Until next time, good night.